You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. thought about that we live in a world where where people can rightfully ask the question where's the love where's the love everyone around us seems to have an agenda whether that agenda fits in a political spectrum or it fits in a social box or maybe a race box uh, with ethnical ideas and um, even religion has a way of putting uh, people in, in boxes that differentiate them from each other. And if you've noticed that if your agenda doesn't fit uh, theirs, then uh, there's a lot of hate Anyone ever been on social media and there's a lot of hate coming at different things? You post something with your agenda or your thoughts and and you get a lot of uh, retribution coming at you. You get a lot of uh, feedback and and there's a lot of hate. And at the same time, uh, there there is a potential for, for people to walk in love. But have you ever noticed that human love usually will fit into their criteria? It'll fit even more. Let's think about ourselves. It fits in our criteria and along our lines. And we have these imaginary boxes that we form. I will love you if. And I will love you when. So we've got this series that we're doing right now, Finding Your Way Back to God where we find the story of this young son, this young man that left his father and, and, and took his uh, inheritance. And really what he was saying, you're as good as dead to me. I want my money now. And, and he went searching for happiness. He went searching for love and fulfillment in life. And we find from the story that this young son did not find the longing he was looking for, and he did not find the true happiness that everyone is searching for, and he did not find the love that every person desires. And then from this story, we're seeing awakenings that happen in our life, awakenings where you kind of have a a wake-up call, and you awaken to longing, and you awaken to regret, and you regret where you're at. He regretted where he had gone to, and, and he, he, he was awakened to help, and he went to the help of this father. And when he went to the father today, we're going to learn that he was awakened to true love, and we're going to be looking at what that looks like. And in your bulletin, if you, if you look at that, there's a memory verse. We have it every week. We have a different uh, memor- memorization uh, scripture that, that we can all have. And it, it blessed me. Last week, I went to visit a couple. I never would dream that this couple would have their memory verse right on their dining room wall. They had it right there where they sit, kind of you know, where they're watching TV. And they had, they had this memory verse right there. And they look at that every day. I thought it was just incredibly cool. 
Because when the word of God permeates our, our lives, our hearts, and our minds, it changes the way we think and it changes the way that we act. And so this week, our, our memory verse is that God demonstrates his own love. I love that. His own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'd love for you to, to, to repeat that with me. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And as we look at that verse and we look at the story of the, of the prodigal son, of the, the wayward son, the lost son, the lost, we can put it, the lost daughter, we're all, we can all fit into that category and we, we, we just take off and we kind of stray away from God's purposes and, and God is always calling us back. He's always longing for us to have this relationship with him and he's desiring for us to walk in the fullness of, of who he is. And, and so my prayer for us today if there's someone here today that you've never tasted the love of the Father, that today will be a day of destiny. First service, we had many people that came up in our prayer time and they reached out to the love of the Father and there were a lot of tears, a lot of heart change, a lot of lives being changed. And I know that there's someone here today that maybe you're walking in some bitterness or you're walking in hurt and you're walking not knowing real love, and you've chased after love, and love has disappointed you, because don't we as people, don't we get shamed into love? Don't we do things in our life thinking that that's love, and we really get shamed, and don't we sometimes manipulate love for our own good, or someone manipulates love for their own good, and We come out of relationships hurt. And you, there may be someone in this room that you're hurt right now, that you are, you, there's some bitterness in your life. You, there's someone that's driving you crazy. And every time you hear their voice, and every time you see something about them, in fact, right now in your mind, it's just going, you're, you're, you're running this in your mind. There's a movie going on about this person that's driving you absolutely bonkers. God wants you to reach out to him so you can feel his love, so he can heal you from the hurt and the pain and the devastation. And we see this played out in the story of the two sons and the father. I've got four points that I will be, that I'll be sharing, four qualities that we find in the love of God, and I'm going to pray a blessing over the, the service, and then I'll go into these qualities. Father, thank you for every person here, Lord God. I just pray an immense blessing over every, every, every soul. I pray your presence, Holy Spirit, to be here in a very real way, and I ask in the name of Jesus that hearts will be receptive and ears will be open. Not... I pray not to my words, but my, I pray my words will be your words, that I will share things straight from your throne as your messenger that will impact and change a heart and change a life today and that as we 
find the qualities of your love that will experience your love. Maybe today for the first time. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Lead me in truth. We pray this for the glory of Jesus Christ and everyone said, amen. So as we, as we look at the qualities of God's love, there's two things that, that, that just stand out from the very beginning of this story. It says that the younger son told his father, I want, and I emphasize this, I want my share of your estate now before you die. And then it says, his father agreed to divide his wealth between his, his sons. And there's two things that stand out just from that very verse right there that helps us to understand the love of God. And the first thing is that his love, or he loves you enough to let you choose. God loves you enough to let you choose because the father loved his sons enough to give them the gift of choice because a relationship with the absence of choice will never have love. A relationship that is absent of us being able to choose will never have love because we have to be in a relationship. We, there is nothing that we choose to do to make this relationship special. In fact, it's not possible to have love without choice. And when people ask me this question, it's funny because I know people are asking this question very, very strongly right now. When people ask me the, the, this question, why does God let bad things happen in this world? I've come to the conclusion that that's an easy answer. Why does God let bad things happen in this world? The reason is because God loves us enough to let us choose. He loves us enough to choose good. He loves us enough to choose bad. He loves us enough to give someone a hug. He loves us enough for some of us at times we give someone a push. That's all about love. You know, people make robots. God makes people that are able to choose. People make things that, uh, that do everything they want them to do without a choice in the matter. That's what a robot does. I was working in the mine, and the year before they, they shut the mine down, they, they, they bought this one, it was a million-dollar uh, machine. It was called a tunnel-boring machine. We were, we were going at 3440 level up down to the 3570, and this tunnel-boring machine made a 10-foot by 10-foot diameter. It was a circular diameter, 10-foot in circumference. And it went through the ground, and it would dig this, this, this tunnel miles long. They spent a million dollars, and that machine earned every bit of it. It went through every obstacle that was put in its way, and that machine never complained. 
When they said to that machine, turn it on, when they turned the key, guess what it did? That machine never said, I need to take a break. It's time for lunch. People design robots. People design machines that will never talk back. And the reason for that is because they don't want for there to be a choice. How many of you know that in the auto industry, if you're from Michigan, you probably know that a lot of your, your, your loved ones, that they worked in, in, in the auto industry. And there was assembly lines where all the guys and the girls that did all kinds of work. And then someone came up with the idea, hey, if we make a robot, these robots will never talk back. And so they made these robots, and these robots are there to, they're assembled to do all this work that people used to do. And I'm not saying good or bad or indifferent. I'm saying that's a reality. And all these robots, what they do is they put these cars together. They put these trucks together, and they never complain. They never say, I, mean, I need a lunch break. Hey, we've been working too hard. What do people say when you've been working for three or four hours? I'm tired. I need a break today. God never made us that way. God never made us as robots. The reason for that is because he loves us. I want you to think about these robots real quick. Can I tell you what happens with robots when they stop working? They put them in a boneyard. They put them away in this metal scrap, and they scrap them for metal, and guess what they do? They bring another robot in to start doing the work that that robot couldn't do. And then we, we, we get really smart as people, right? We get smart. We want directions. We, we, do, we want directions. And so we say, let's design something that will give us directions that won't talk back when we ask if we want to go eat someplace. So we say, hey, Siri, I need directions to go eat Mexican food. Is there a Chili's near, nearby? Hey Siri, is there a Chili's nearby? One option is Chili's, a Tex-Mex place in Oro Valley, which averages three stars and is moderately priced. Now guess what? <laughs> Thank you, let me turn her off. <laughs> Now, guess what? So you, you, we, we get to this place, and we have these uh, uh, phones or, or machines or computers that we can ask them questions about what we want to hear. Do you notice that I asked Siri what I want to hear, where I may want to eat? And guess what? She's going to give me a response from what I probably want to hear. Guess what happens if I'm driving down the road, and if I ask someone else that's sitting next door, hey, do you want to go eat Mexican food? She might say, because she's got what? A choice. She might say, I really don't feel like eating Mexican food. Well, how about if we go and have a steak afterwards? I mean, how about if we go have a steak? She might say, I don't want to have a steak. And then I have to say, because I have a choice and I want harmony, not division, what do you want? And she may say, what I don't want to hear, a salad. <laughs> now, guess what happens to us when these devices don't work up to par? What do we do? 
we up we upgrade to another device that doesn't have a choice but that tells us what we want to hear are we loyal to these devices have you ever switched from AT&T to Verizon because they gave you a better plan or from Verizon to another place because they gave you a better plan? And they, well, some of you haven't and mo most of you say, yeah, you give me a better plan, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to go to this place. Here's the reality. God doesn't operate that way. God doesn't upgrade you for someone else. God chooses to love you right where you're From the very beginning, the Lord God placed a man in the garden. Beginning of the story. And he put him in the garden to tend and watch over it. And the Lord God warned him. He said, you may, say this with me, you may eat. But before that, it says, you may freely eat. In other words, you have a choice in every thing that's put before you. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So he said, if you eat of this fruit, in other words, I'm not putting a, I'm not putting a fence around it. I'm not putting guards around it. There's a tree in the middle of the garden and you are free to go there to it. But if you eat from it, it's not going to be good for you. God has always given man and woman the ability to choose because he loves you. It goes on and it says, Then the Lord said, verse 18, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And in this helper who would be just right for him, there would be choices that they would be able to make. And most of us that know that the choices that they would make would come up with one bad choice that would lead us into where we're at right now. But here's the thing about Adam and Eve. Even if it was Susanna and Steve or James and Shauna, or Jeff and Tracy, or Mike and Ruth, we would have all fallen short because there's only one who's perfect, and that's Jesus. And so Jesus made a choice in his heavenly life, and his choice was to come and die for you and for me and for all that we have done to wrong our Father. And why did he do that? He did that because he loves you, with an unfailing love. In fact, Jesus said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and I also can take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. And this is a game changer in our life. To know that Jesus chose you before you ever chose him. To know that Jesus loved you when you were in your worst place. When you are in your worst place. When you stray from the Father and come to the worst place. Jesus chose you because he loves you. 
and me. And no matter what you've done, God still loves you. The second, thing, the second quality about his love is that his love is not ashamed of you. His love is not ashamed of you. We can learn so much about this story of the prodigal son. We, we can learn that the father was a very re- highly respected individual. He had, a, he had a lot of property. He had a lot of, a lot of income coming in. He was affluent. He was very highly respected by the community. And how many of you know that people talk? There's people, when, when things happen, that they, the community begins to talk, and they'll say, can you believe that, that he did this or that she did this? And, and I can't believe they did that to this highly respected guy. And, and the father, he took the ridicule for the son. He, he took on the mockery that, that, that was made of him for his son because he loved his son and because he demonstrated his own Love. God has a love that is not ashamed of you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, God loves you. The writer of Hebrews put it like this God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. And he's writing uh, about people who have found their way back to God, who have placed their faith in a perfect father despite their imperfections. And there's someone who's listening here today or someone listening on the podcast, and you need to know that God is not ashamed of you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've blown it. It doesn't matter how you have have not uh, uh, measured up to a certain standard. God is not ashamed of you. He'll take the ridicule. He'll take the talk. And he'll love you just where you're at. God so loves you that he chose to give the very best. God so loves me that he chose to give the very best so that I would not perish, so that you would not perish, but that you would have everlasting and abundant life in him because he didn't come To condemn you, he came to save you. This Friday, I was able to go to a a night of worship. And I was amongst five to seven hundred young people and college-age students. And I was, I'm starting to feel old. I didn't think I was old, but I'm starting to... I was there, and there was seven, at least 500 or 700 these young people, and they were all, it was crazy. It was, they were all worshiping Jesus. And as they started to, to, to sing praise to God, they were singing praises, and all these young people stood up in their seats. And, and sometimes we think, you know what, or we're, we're losing our young people. Let me tell you, God has everything under control. 
And these young people stood up, and they, some of them were in the aisles, and they were worshiping Jesus, and they were just so passionate. Of, they were so full of the love of God, and they were just worshiping him. And some of them were young ladies, young men. They were in tears, and they were on their knees, and they were unashamedly, unashamedly just loving God, unashamed. And as I looked at them, and, and we took a young person with us from, 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 from here from Living Word, and I've never seen him worship, and he was there. And, and as he felt the presence of the love of God in that place, I saw him stand up and begin to worship God. His heart began to break. And my religion got wrecked in that place by the love of the Father. And what I know about the Father, beloved, is what we need to grab a hold of is that God will run after you. His love will run after you because he's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. Some of you think, God could never accept me. I've got so many hangups. There's someone here today that you think, I've got so many hangups. I, I struggle with so many things. The reason that we struggle with so many things, because we never opened up our hearts to the love of the perfect Father. Because once his love permeates and penetrates your life, you will never, ever be the same. He will wreck your religion. He will wreck your political philosophy. He will wreck your ethnical mindset. He will wreck everything that man tries to institute in your life, and he will wreck it through the love of the Father for the glory of Jesus Christ. His love runs after you. The father would look every day. Just about I'm looking back there, and I see you in the back. He would look every day. And it says there that while he was still a long way off, while his young son was a long way off, his father saw him coming and listened to these words. He was filled with love and compassion, and he ran to his son because he's not ashamed of you. Because he's giving you a choice. And once you take a step back to him, he doesn't just wait. He runs to you and will change your life forever. Jesus is teaching. You got to think about this story in its context. Just like I'm talking to some of you, and everyone in here has a different mindset. Some of you are listening. Some of you are battling in your mind. Some of you got things going on. Jesus was talking to the same kinds of people. Some of them were religious, and they were battling. They were battling because everything that Jesus did, these sinners would be welcome to it. So Jesus tells a story about the father being God running to this young son who had sinned and done everything wrong and the religious people that were listening who were sitting right there and some of us fall in that category I tell you Jesus wrecked my religion this week we sit there 
In our religious mindset, that just like those religious people, they sat there and Jesus said, the father ran to the son who had called them good as dead, who had taken everything and squandered it on wild living. And the father ran to his son and he's talking to these individuals that were sitting there and not only were they sitting there and not walking toward those sinners that needed the love of God, they were putting a wall keeping them from the love of the Father. How we need to know that the Father will run to us and the last quality that I want you to grab a hold of is his love will meet you where you're at. He didn't tell the young son, you need to change. He didn't tell the young son, I can't believe you've done this. I can't, you, we need to change you. So this is where the father comes. He ran to him and he met him where he was at. He tells the servant, go and bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Go and get a ring for his finger, the signet ring, and bring the best sandals for his feet. Bring the best for him. He met him where he's at. And Jesus will meet you where you're at without you having to change anything. He'll love you with the love of the Father and will change your life forever. God's love doesn't expect more from you than you can give. God's love doesn't expect less from you that you can't give. You have to make a choice. He's waiting. He's waiting. He wants to pour his love into your life. Every part of his love will change you for the good. tell you that I think there's someone in here that you've never experienced real love. You've never experienced the love of the Father. But he's inviting you today to experience this love. You've been hurt. You've seen love that's manipulative. You've seen love that's shameful. You've seen love of abandonment. You've seen love where it's like a computer where it What's good for me? And then when it's no good, I'm going to go to the next one. Robotic. That's not the love of the Father. That's not the love of the Father. You see, the love of the Father is an unfailing love. God is desperate for you. It's crazy to think, but God's love is desperate for you. became ridicule. He's not embarrassed about you. His love is so real. Think about it. He's running. When you turn, he's running to you. His hands are extended to you. And he doesn't care what people say about him. He's not like us. We care about what people around us are going to think. That's why he wrecked my religion this week. I 
saw these young people on the floor. I saw them kneeling. I saw them crying on the floor. They were, had, they were prostrate before God. They didn't care what people think. They found the love of the Father. I'm telling you, Living Word Chapel, if we don't embrace the love of the Father, how can we love people? How can we love ourselves in our brokenness, in our hurts, in our screw-ups, in everything that we've done that has just really devastated our life and everyone else? Today's, an, today's a day of destiny. Today's a day that you can grab a hold of the love of the Father let him meet you where you're at. But you need to be met. You need to accept. You need to choose today who you're going to, to, to fall in love with. And he will never let you down. I've had people tell me they love me one day. And a month later, they say, I hate your stinking guts. God has never done that to me. God has never done that to me. He loves me despite myself. He loves me despite my warts and my skin tags and all of that stuff. He loves us. So what I want to do is I want all the, 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 the elders to come up at this time. And we're just going to invite you. Maybe today's the day that you want to embrace the love of God. God wants to run to you. He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to break down those walls. Today's the day you can leave this place completely transformed with the love of the Father. Let him visit that secret place, that place you've never let anyone in. I have people that, 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 that I've seen him restore them from brokenness of molestation.